Dear friends in Christ, I remember attending a victory celebration 30 years ago for the girls' basketball team uh, that had just won the state tournament in the, the uh, community that I was serving in Minnesota. They'd had a tough year, tough season. There had been a lot of injuries on the team, but they fought on. And as I said, they went on to win the whole tournament. And the whole town turned out for the victory party on Main Street. There was no more talk about injuries. There was just talk about the victory that they had won. The speeches and the cheers and the songs went on and on, and it was just great to be caught up in the excitement of that moment. Today, our scripture reading that Terry read for us, in these words, we get a glimpse, just a glimpse of the victory celebration taking place when the saints come home to the streets of heaven, the golden streets. Many of their lives, these saints, had been plagued not by simple injuries like are on a basketball team, but injuries that had resulted even in, in death because they refused to give up their faith. Some died because they refused to call Caesar Lord. And because of that, they were martyred. Their blood-stained clothes had been now exchanged for their white robes. They were no longer needing to fight the battle, for the victory has, has and had been won. On this All Saints Sunday, we do remember and we do celebrate Christians in the past and in the present who have suffered for their faith. And we together with all the saints of old celebrate Christ's ultimate victory, that victory over death that has brought to us salvation and eternal life. Our text today says that in heaven, Christians from every tribe and every nation will stand with palm branches. Palm branches, of course, are symbols of victory. And they will cry out with a loud voice, it says, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All Christians who have ever lived or who will ever live, will share in this victory celebration in heaven. We all, as children of God, have that to look forward to when we get to heaven. A victory celebration that will be so much greater than any victory celebration for anything here on earth. Those who have shared in Christ's suffering will now have the right to share in that victory. It was about a month before the end of World War II. And Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the famous German theologian and critic of the Nazi leadership, was leading a little service there where he was in prison uh, with the other prisoners. And all of a sudden, two German soldiers burst into his cell. And they said to him, Prisoner Bonhoeffer, come with us. 
and Diedrich knew what that meant. It meant death. And as they took him away, he yelled back to his fellow prisoners, For me, this is the beginning of a new life, eternal life. And he was killed. Yes, millions of Christians have suffered and died because of their loyalty to the Lamb who was slain. And we get that image in our text today of right in the middle of heaven is this throne for that one who sent his son to take away our sins by his death on the cross. You see, the blood of God's sacrificial lamb saves all who believe. It saves us, you see, from eternal death. The saints of heaven continually praise and honor and glorify God for that sacrifice on the cross. You know, it's interesting. I wish I had a piece of red cloth in front of you today, but I've been told that when you look at red cloth through red glass, it turns white. You know, John, the author of Revelation, writes that because of Christ's death on the cross, the saints, all Christians who have gone to be with the Lord, are able to wash their red blood-stained robes in the blood of the Lamb, and they become white. You see, that's what happens when the Lord, because of his death, takes away the redness of our sin. And they, in heaven, and all the saints today, we are made pure and holy and white. That's why we have white on the altar and pulpit and, and the stoles. White symbolizing that purity, that forgiveness that takes place when we lean on Jesus who shed his blood for us. The stain of sin, you see, has been washed away and we are saved for all eternity. Now, when we gather for worship each week, this good news that I've just been talking about, this good news of the gospel, becomes the essence of why we gather. The songs, the prayers, the word proclaimed, they're all elements, you see, of the joyful victory celebration that Christ won for us on the cross long ago. That which took place 2,000 years ago saved us and made us members of God's family. And that's worth celebrating. If this is what we indeed we do celebrate each week when we come together, then it's appropriate that the name of our hymn book that we sing songs out of is called the Celebration Hymn Book. And I was looking at that, the, the forward this past week of our hymn book, and I thought it was interesting these words are written. It says, Be assured that nothing in this hymnal is offered in the socially casual sense of celebration. What they're saying is there are celebrations, but then there is celebration. All sensitive souls know that high praise is more than noise, and joyous worship is more than foot stomping. So expect to find depth here in this hymnal 
a richness in content that bypasses the superficial and moves towards the significant. These pages contain spiritual resources designed to bring all who want to worship God towards a genuine entry into his presence to bow before our awesome living and loving Father. And then it says something kind of unique. It says, he is the founder of our song, so it's to him we come. He is the foundation of our song, so it's him we praise. And he is the fountain of our song, so we drink of him. I like that. You know, I think it's good to be reminded from time to time why we are here and what the essence of worship is all about. It's good to be reminded also when anybody is up in front here, whether they are are praying or speaking or singing or whatever, that they are not up here to perform in any way. Rather, they are here to be ministers, to seek to do that which allows the congregation to be touched by the Spirit as we allow the words and the melodies of the songs to penetrate our hearts and our minds. That's why we have all the various parts of our worship, so the Spirit can work. So I hope that as you listen to a message or listen to like the choir or whoever is up in front singing or speaking, that you would focus on the words that are being said so that the Lord can touch you through that experience. So that's one thing we celebrate today, that, that message of, of uh, our Lord's uh, work for us on the cross. We also celebrate today the sacrament of Holy Communion, Christ's body and blood that we will receive, as Martin Luther says, in, with, and under the bread and the wine. This sacrament reminds us that we're all saints. We don't deserve to be called saints, but we're saints anyway because we've been washed clean over and over again. Every night or morning when you say, Lord, forgive me for my sins, we're washed clean. And that water that was put on our head when we were baptized comes again and washes us again and again. So we celebrate that too as we come forward for Holy Communion. The sacrament reminds us that we are made pure again and again. Well, you know, soon the kitchens of our homes will be getting ready for Thanksgiving and the smells of Thanksgiving dinner will permeate our homes. Now, if you and I pass through the kitchen, not so accidentally, a half an hour before Thanksgiving dinner, we might want to sample a little bit of what's coming. I've done that quite a few times. Take just a little, little sliver of, of turkey or a little bit of lefse or whatever you have for Thanksgiving. And we call that kind of an appetizer or a foretaste of the feast that is coming. Well, communion is sometimes called that as well. As we gather together, as his saints here on earth, we're reminded, you see, of the great feast that's coming ahead that will take place 
with all the saints in heaven. And you know, when we have that feast in heaven, we're, gonna, we're not going to need bread and wine. We'll have the real thing. Jesus himself will be standing there at the head of the table. And we'll be able to see his face and hear his voice. And we will rejoice with all the other saints that gather. We only have a semicircle here on this earth. In heaven, we'll have the full circle, the complete feast. And we look forward to that as his saints. You know, before Jesus left the earth, he told his disciples that he would prepare a place where he and his children would be able to be together forever. And the book of Revelation, you see, reminds us that Jesus is keeping his promise. We have a glimpse of what's coming for all of us there in those words. Right in the middle of heaven is our good shepherd, and he is leading his saints to the springs of eternal life and guides them to safety as only a divine shepherd can. Our scripture today pulls back the curtain a little bit and gives us a glimpse of what of what heaven will be like, that place where God says to the saints in heaven and to us still on earth. He says, He who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they be hunger, uh, hungry. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. That's what we can look forward to as his saints as we enter into his holy presence in heaven. Oh, the assurance that can come to us when we know for sure that we, not because of our goodness, but because of Jesus' work, that we are forgiven, that we are saved. And because of that, we can be linked today with the saints that are already in heaven. We have that in common. We have been forgiven. We have been saved. The other night, the Boston Red Sox stormed the field and surrounded the pitcher who had made the last strikeout in the last World Series game. That scene is so natural for the final game of the World Series. We all expected that, didn't we? You know, I hope that as you come for worship each week, that you will see this time together as that type of celebration when we all come together and gather around and give praise to that one who has won the victory for us our Lord Jesus Christ, I hope that that will be a natural thing, that we come together as his people to celebrate. May it be the essence, the true essence of our worship each week. So let's keep that in mind as we worship, that there is some important elements that we need to keep in mind as we come and as we focus on what God has done for us through his Son on the cross and as we now join together for his supper. Let's honor our risen Lord and the saints who have gone to be with him in heaven now. Amen.